Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. I have in my heart a, a specific um, assignment as we move forward into 2022. And it is to uh, establish us even more in the name of Jesus, to strengthen us, to uh, build our faith, to uh, provide the scriptural structure of the authority that is ours in Christ by the name of Jesus. Uh, It is not something that by knowledge alone is exercised. The Bible uses the phrase in Acts, and we'll be reading it today, it is through faith in the name. Faith isn't in the head. Faith is of the heart. And so the only way that faith can get in the heart is by the Word. The Word contains the faith. The Word concerning the authority of Jesus' name will deposit or transmit or transfer into your heart faith in that name. And then when you exercise the name of Jesus, it is not mental And it's not just by rote or by tradition. You know, um, I've taught on this previously, and I think I've taught on it it previously in this congregation. And it reminds me of the CB radio. Sometimes people use the name of Jesus like they use Breaker Breaker 1-9 to come on the channel on the CB radio. Anybody ever played with CB radio? You remember that breaker, breaker, one, nine. What does that mean? I'm breaking onto the channel. I'm initiating a conversation. And a lot of times that's the only opportunity people take to operate the name of Jesus. They'll say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And that's appropriate. We should come in the name. But if it's just mental, if it's just tradition and doesn't have the force of faith in what I'm saying then I'm, I'm lacking the ability that should be in the expression in the name of Jesus. I come in the name. I need to have faith what that means. Faith of, of uh, exactly what stands behind the name of Jesus. So let's, let's let the scripture help us today. Let's let the scripture provide this reverence And um, I'm going to be here a while. When you hear me over the next few weeks or months, perhaps, until the Lord gives me liberty, we're going to be here. We're going to be lifting up the name of Jesus in song, in our worship, in, in in the Word, because this is a fundamental. 
This, the name of Jesus, the, uh, the having faith in his name is not something that we can look at lightly and consider, oh yeah, I know that. Knowing it and, and having a fullness of faith are two different things. There's a phrase that I want you to be aware of. It's a phrase that, that I first heard Brother Hagen talk about, but then as I've read in the um, Christ the Healer, I saw that it was used often in Christ the Healer, that book, which was a, a book that Brother Hagen read a lot. And it was the word mental ascent. And I thought, what is mental ascent? And mental ascent agrees that the word is true, but doesn't put it into practice. I know the Bible says that. I know that's in the scripture. And, and it's, it's, it looks on the outside like faith. It's just lacking the force of it. And it's possible for a God-fearing, Jesus-loving, blood-washed believer to slip over into that trap of thinking just because I know it's in the scripture that I'm where I need to be with that scripture. It's possible for us to say, I know that the name of Jesus is the name above every name. I know that the, I know knowing is not what we're after. We do need to know it. The knowledge is something that is vital. We add to that knowledge. We, we, we need the knowledge, but we need a force of faith in the heart because it is faith in the name. Knowledge will lead us to build faith in the name. Amen. So let's look at a few scriptures. First of all, I want to look at Colossians 3 and verse 17, and I would like that one in the Amplified. Colossians 3, 17, whatever you do, no matter what it is, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus and in dependence upon his person, giving praise to God the Father through him. Notice it says, do everything in the name, whatever you do. No matter what it is, whatever you do, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Is that important? Yes. Hallelujah. Do we, how can we practice that? How can we put this in the more that we give awareness to the name of Jesus and its operation in our lives on a daily basis, the more that we apply ourselves in our actions, in our deeds, I'm doing this in Jesus' name, depending upon Him. I also want to look at 1 John 3. 1 John 3 and verse 23, and I want the Amplified for this as well. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 23. And this is His order, His command, His injunction. Well, if God has put out an order, a command, an injunction, I surely want to obey it. This is his order that we should believe in, put our faith and trust in, and adhere to and rely on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. This is his command. Believe on the name. 
Believe on the name. Believe on the name. Whosoever shall call upon the name. Believe on the name. The emphasis is on the name because the name is what Jesus has inherited. The name is what Jesus was given by the Father. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Believe on that name. This name that is above every name, believe on that name. Have faith in that name. Rely on that name. Adhere to. Adhere to that name. And that we should love one another just as he commanded us. So this is his order. Whatever you do, do it in the name. This is his order that we believe on, put our faith in, our trust we adhere to and rely on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So that's what we're going to do. So let's talk about the conversation Jesus had before the cross. John chapter 14. In this conversation that takes place between John 14 through John 16 and then John 17 is a prayer. That is recorded for us. That uh, Jesus' conversation with his father. Our father. In this we see Jesus addressing things that are about to change. Significant things. That the disciples need to know. This is going to be different after the cross. Don't do it the way you did it. Before the cross, because after the cross, things are going to be different. And these significant changes need to be made for you to, to move accurately in the kingdom. One of them, he said, you've heard it said that you should love as you love yourself. But I'm telling you to raise the bar and love the way that I've loved you. Loving each other. Amen. Talking about the brethren. And then he says, before now, you've... Uh, you've uh, uh, the Holy Spirit has been with you, but after this, he will be in you. So he is letting them know their relationship. He goes throughout each of these chapters and he constantly comes back and tells them, your relationship with the Holy Spirit is going to be different. He's going to be in you. He's going to lead you. He's going to show you things to come. He's going to guide you into all truth. He is going to... Uh, 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 be uh, your comforter, your God, your helper, your standby, your intercessor. And so they said, uh, How could, Lord, we don't want you to go. He said, it's expedient. It's important for me to go. So he's telling them these specific things. And the, the third significant thing I see in this conversation is he delegates the authority of his name to them. And that's what I want to look at today in John 14, 13. He said, whatever you shall ask in my name. Since verse 13 starts with the conjunction and, we should find out specifically what Jesus is referring to where he uses the phrase, whatever you ask in my name. Verse 12, he had just told them, he that believes on me, the works that I do. 
So the, the context is, the works that I do, you will do also, and greater works because I go to my Father. Can you imagine how they're sitting there saying, whoa, hold on a minute. Uh, Jesus, you raised the widow of Nain's son, and uh, you multiplied the fish and the loaves, and uh, Legion, you remember the guy we called Legion because he was under so much demonic oppression, and you say, I'm going to do greater than that, I'm going to do works like that? How am I going to do it? Whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. Whatever you ask in my name. So how do we do the greater works? You can't do it without the name. The greater works are done because we're, we've been delegated the use of the name. How do, I, how do I do the works of Jesus? With his name, by his name. I use his name because in the use of his name... I am, I am executing authority. So he says, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Hallelujah. So he said, this is not... Something that is casual. This is not a casual, hey, just, just tell them I sent you. It's not a casual, just, you know, yeah, you can just, you can just use my name when you go up there. Tell them, go to the front of the line and tell them, you know, the boss told me to come. Just when you get up to the ticket counter, tell, tell them my name and they'll let you in. No, he's saying... I'm going to authorize you. I'm going to place in your authority the ability to use my authority. But it's up to you. Whatever You have to ask. Nobody else. See, you, somebody who doesn't know me can't come up and, 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 and use that name. We saw what happened. There were seven sons of Sceva who, who said, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. They didn't know Jesus, but they'd seen the name bring deliverance when Paul called on the name, when Paul asked in the name. So, hey, that's the key. Use the name. Not if you're not delegated the name. If you don't have delegated use of the name, you better not. Why? Because... The enemy could tell there was no faith in that name. The enemy said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but I don't know you. In other words, I can see that Jesus had legal use of the name, and Paul had been given legal use of the How could he tell Paul had legal use of the name? There was faith in it. There was faith in the name. When, when this conversation is going on, Jesus is setting in place how things will operate. He's delegating a specific authorization of his name in this instruction. Ask in my name to do the greater works. 
Now, let's look at John 15. Because we see another application of the name available for our use. He, he has told them how to do the greater works. How? By authorizing my name over the greater works. In chapter 15 and verse 16, he says, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So now we're talking about fruit bearing. He said, go and bring forth fruit, fruit that remains. How am I going to get this fruit? Ask the Father in my name and he will give it. That's answered prayer. That's the salvation of our loved ones. That's help in situations where we need wisdom. Whatever you ask of the Father. It's not limited to natural things, but it definitely can be applied in natural things as well. Ask of the Father. How do I ask? Don't ask on your, on your good goodness, on your good track record. When... When we look at a situation, for instance, um, maybe you've heard someone say, you know, I don't know why God didn't heal aunt so-and-so because she was such a godly woman. We had a woman who came to the church years ago and she said she, she didn't know the word in the way that, that provided a structure of receiving. She said, well, God ought, to keep, God ought to heal me because I don't break any of the commandments. I don't lie. I don't cheat. I don't steal. I don't, uh, she was going through the commandments. That was her basis of receiving. And we had to bring her over to a new basis of receiving and try to teach her scripturally, the basis of receiving is not on how good you are, how good you've been, not on your merit. The basis of receiving is on what Jesus did by his stripes. By his stripes, we're healed. When, when we ask, this is what he's telling us, come on the basis of my name. Father, I really need it. That's not the right basis. Do you remember me telling you when we were teaching about in Christ how I was praying for one of my children and, and this child was going through a really tough time uh, in their teenage years and making a lot of, of decisions that were, were putting them in danger. And um, I, was, I was praying as a mama. I was praying with all of my mama emotions all of my mama writes, you know, Lord, that's my child. That's my baby. And Lord, you got you to gotta do something. Lord, and I'm going, I'm going after it. And the Lord said, and I knew I'm not making any headway. I'm not changing anything. I'm not, I'm not making tremendous power available here. What am I doing wrong? And the Lord said, if you would take your place in Christ, your prayers would be a lot more effective for her. If you take your place in Christ. 
Why? That's where the equipment is. That's where all the artillery is. That's where all of the, the, the weapons available to us in the spirit realm exist in Christ. And so I had to quit praying from the emotional position as a parent. And I had to start praying from the spiritual authority that was mine in Christ. Because in Christ, where am I seated? At the right hand of the Father, which is a position of authority. So from there, everything looks different. From that seat, everything looks better. <laughs> Nothing is hopeless when I look from my place in Christ. When I sit in my seat there in Christ, he's the head, I'm the body. I'm not 270 million chairs down. I'm there in Christ. And I sit there in Christ and I look at the situation and I see victory. All I see is victory from that place. That's what I see. I don't see any trouble. I don't see any hardship. I don't see any difficulty. Because in Christ, I'm more than a conqueror. In Christ, I'm, I, he always causes me to triumph. If I just keep moving forward, he'll just keep causing me to triumph. Amen? But I have to take my place in Christ. I have to operate and execute the authority from there. I can't execute the authority out of emotion. I can't, I can't execute the authority that's available to me by the name of Jesus or in the name of Jesus from natural means. We are spiritual. But we have to walk in the Spirit. We have the ability available to, to be spiritual all day, every day. But it is also possible to, to fulfill the desires of the flesh. And if, if, if the desires of the flesh are being fulfilled, that person is not walking in the Spirit. So walking in the Spirit is our daily walk. It is our daily activity. And part of walking in the Spirit is being aware of and skilled in and strong in the authority that is given to me in Jesus' name. I can't get um, over into a place where I allow the weight of a situation, the pressure of a situation, I have to, I have to say something. I have to, I, to use the name of Jesus, you can't do it with thoughts. The name of Jesus is verbalized. You have to open up your mouth and say, in the name of Jesus, I resist that. I resist that thought of fear. I resist that worry. I resist that, that uh, symptom. I resist that in the name of Jesus. And when I'm saying that, I'm not just saying it out of me. If I have faith in the name, I've said something. If I have faith in the name, something has changed the moment it came out of my mouth. Hallelujah. So Jesus said this, Ask the Father. Now let's look at chapter 16 and verse 23. Ask the Father in my name. So he said, do the greater works in my name. Whatever you need, ask the Father in my name. So there's, there's all of his ability 
to represent in the name. And then there's the, the receiving of God, the provider in the name. And here we see in John chapter 16, and let's look at verse 23. In that day, you will ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you. Now, when Jesus said verily, verily, he was getting their attention. He's like, come on, hey, hey, pay attention to me. I'm going to say something. You don't want to miss this. You don't want to miss what I'm about to say. Verily, verily, I mean this sincerely. This is of utmost importance. Whatever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Before now, you have asked nothing in my name. Now, do you see why he's, he's emphasizing this? They've never done this before. They've never asked in the name of Jesus before. It was new to them. It was a new concept. You know, they had been delegated authority by Jesus, but they had not been given the use of his name like he is giving them at this moment. He gave them authority over, over all devils and over sickness, and they went out into the different villages and cities, and they came back and they said, Woo, look at the authority we exercised. Even the demons obey us. They were excited, and he said, Remember, you know, hey, be more excited or joyful over the fact that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And so he, he, he had given them authority in that delegated, but not like this, not, not the badge. I mean, he has now given them the name. You can use my name. You can ask in my name. You are authorized. I give you unlimited access to use my name, my title, my position, and everything that stands behind my name. Everything in back of that name is available to you. So he says, before now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. I'm convinced that there are many believers in the body of Christ today who have a, a low-level joy because they've not been asking in the name. They're not, they're not at a fullness of joy yet, but they can be. I want to read this from the Weiss translation. It says, so that your joy having been filled completely full, might persist in that state of fullness. How do I get my joy completely full and to persist in that state of fullness? Ask in the name. Ask in the name. And not just once. You say, well, I used the name yesterday. I don't want to use it again today. No, 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 every day. Do everything you do in the name. Do everything in the name. Just ask all day. Well, well I, already, I already used the name once. Unlimited access. Hallelujah. 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 So Acts chapter 2. Peter was preaching. This is just point number, number two, number three. 
out of 10. So that's why the Lord just spoke to me and he said, don't, don't hurry. We're not in a hurry. Acts chapter 2. Let's look at, let's look at this sermon of Peter. I'm going to read the sermon. Let's start in verse 14. Peter standing up with the 11. Now, now he's got a congregation already. He's got an audience. You know why he has an audience? The Holy Spirit was poured out upon them. And they began responding to the Holy Spirit. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And they went out into the streets, and the people who saw them thought they were drunk. And they uh, thought uh, that, that they were, uh, were drunk, and Peter stands up, and he begins to preach to them. He says, you men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hear my words. For these men are not drunk as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day, which I think is, was about nine o'clock in the morning. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm so glad we're here today. I'm so glad that we are in this day when he is pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. Hallelujah. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaids, I will pour out on those days of my spirit and they will prophesy. And I, I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right here at the apex of this sermon, he declares whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, in the midst of God pouring out of His Spirit, in the midst of God showing signs and wonders, in the midst of God demonstrating His authority and His power, if anyone will call on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. You have taken him by wicked hands and you've crucified him and you've slain him, but God has raised him up, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by death. For David spoke concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope, because you will not leave my soul in hell, neither will you suffer your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You shall make me full of joy with my countenance. 
Come on, that's what Jesus was saying as God was, as he was in hell. These are his words that they are quoting from, from, from Psalms, but he's quoting a scripture that, that God forewrote about him. And there he's saying, you will not leave me in hell, but you will make known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy. And then Paul, or Peter goes back to preaching. He says, men and brethren, let me tell you about David, that he is dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us this day. But, but he was a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spoke of the resurrection of Christ. And his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus, this Jesus, this Jesus has God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses, therefore being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has now shed forth this which you see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he said himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make your foes your footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. And they, now, they heard this sermon, and their hearts were convicted. And they asked a question, what shall we do? They were convicted at hearing. They were convinced that God had raised Jesus from the dead. And that salvation was available to them. And they said, what shall we do? And Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So the answer to them was repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So there, Peter is preaching the name. He's telling them the answer is found in the name of Jesus. Do you realize that they didn't have 1 Corinthians chapter 12 yet? They didn't know about the gifts of the Spirit they didn't know about the working of miracles. They didn't know about the gifts of healings. The, the, early, the beginning days of the church began in the power, the authority of Jesus' name. They're preaching the name. And then Peter and John go up to the temple to pray. And he says here in chapter 3, when Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked 
an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John. Can you see? Peter just got this, 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 he's just preached this sermon. He's found a boldness. This is not Peter who is denying the Lord. This is Peter who had received the, the boldness. When the Holy Spirit had come upon him, he received the, uh, the strength to be a witness. And Peter fastened his eyes upon him. He had just preached this message, had thousands of people born again, and he comes upon this man that he may have walked by repeatedly. But now, this man has his attention, and he has this man's attention. Peter, fastening his eyes upon him, said, look on us. Not look to us, but give me your attention. He gave heed unto them, expecting to receive. He's open. He's open. Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I do have something. I do have something. I have something that's been delegated to me. I have something I'm authorized to use. Something that's going to help you more than a gold coin is going to help you. Something that's going to help you long term. I have something that I'm free to give. Such as I have, I give. Such as I have, I give to you. Hallelujah. If you are born again in here today, you have the same thing Peter had. Standing there looking at that man. You have the name of Jesus delegated to you. You have the authority to use his name in every situation that you encounter. You are never at a loss. You are never at a disability. You are never the victim. You are never under the circumstance. You are authorized in the name of Jesus to execute authority in that situation. Such as I have, I give. Such as I have, I give. There was faith in Peter that the name of Jesus could change this man's life. There was a confidence in Peter that I'm about to authorize and execute the name. I'm about to speak the name. And this man's not going to stay in the position he's in after the name is spoken. After the name is verbalized and pronounced over this man, there is authority released into this man. He says, such as I have, I give. What if Peter had never opened his mouth and said anything? What if he had just put in his hand in his pocket and reached in and just gave this man an, a, 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 a generous offering? What if he had walked by and said, let me go find out some more revelation. I'll come back and help you. He said, let me, I know what I have. Jesus said to me, whatever I ask in his name, he would do it. That wasn't just for Peter. That was for Anna. That was for us. You are the disciple as much as Peter was a disciple. 
And he said, I give you my name to do my work. You want to do my work? Here's my name. Go do my work. Whatever you ask, I'll do it. Whatever you ask, I'll do it. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Notice he didn't pray for him to get better. He's not praying for him. He's commanding him in the name. He's authorizing him in the name. I mean, if you look at how Jesus, if we use the word prayed for the sick, it wasn't praying of, oh, Father. Even when he's standing at Lazarus' tomb, he said, Father, you've already heard me. Lazarus, come forth. He didn't say, oh, Father, I pray that you would cause Lazarus to receive strength in his body. And No, he, he commanded. Here, Peter is commanding the way he saw Jesus exercise authority, but he's not doing it in himself. He says, in the name of Jesus, I'm telling you this. In the name of Jesus, I'm giving you an instruction in the name. In the name of Jesus, rise and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. <laughs> and he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered in with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Well, yeah, you know they did because he wasn't quiet about it. And he wasn't just, oh, thank you very much. I'm going to be on my way now. He followed them in like, I've never walked before. Guys, I've been lame from my mother's womb. I've never, I've never seen what it looks like from this angle. I've never been here before. Amen? In the name. In the name. Hallelujah. Look at chapter 4, verse 12. There was such a commotion caused by this man's restoration that... Uh, they came and arrested Peter and John. And they asked them a question in verse 7 that I want to look at, and then we'll read the answer there in 12. Acts 4, 7. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? By what power, or that's talking about authority, or by what name have you done this? They knew that this wasn't just in their ability. That this wasn't just in their authorization. By what name have you done this? And they said, by the name of Jesus Christ. In verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given. Given. The name has been given. 
Who has the name been given to? Us. We've been given the name. There's no other name given whereby men must be saved but the name of Jesus. It's by the name of Jesus. It's by the name of Jesus we're more than conquerors. It's by the authority in that name that we execute the will of God in our lives. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask if the ushers would uh, distribute the elements. We're going to covenant in that name today. This is the beginning of a significant time in our lives. It's not just a new year in a traditional sense. Doesn't have to be. But we can look at this day. We can look at this as a entry point into a greater execution of the name of Jesus in our life. We can make a commitment today that we are going to give more honor to that name. That we are going to grow in our respect for the name of Jesus. That we are going to increase our faith where the name of Jesus is concerned. So that when we open our mouths and utter his name, not only do all of the angels in in the vicinity respond, but there is such a holy awe and faith that is exhibited and released through us and by us because of his name. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11 Paul is telling the Corinthian church in verse 23 about a specific instruction and conversation that the Lord had with him concerning the communion. This is covenant. This represents the broken body, which is covenant material. God gave Jesus a body. He said in the book of Hebrews, a body you have prepared me so that I can do your will. What was the will of God? Redemption. To make us whole, not only whole in our body, not only whole in our relationships, but whole in our relationship with God. The broken body of Jesus is a covenant. A covenant supply. Every time we receive of this covenant supply, we release our faith. And we receive the provision in this supply. This blood represents, this juice represents Jesus' blood 
represents God's blood. It was God in Christ reconciling the world to himself. God's DNA is in the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus has never dried up or coagulated. It is alive today. It speaks today. It speaks covenant things for you. It speaks mercy. It speaks favor. It speaks grace. It speaks help. Hallelujah. Protection. These covenant elements, these covenant supplies require that we come to them with faith. That we come to them with an acknowledgement of the price that it took for that body to be broken and the price that it required for this blood to be poured out for us. And not just the price that was paid, but the desire, the, the reason he paid the price. If we walk away and never receive why he was bruised for our iniquities, why the stripes were laid on. If we walk away and never receive the righteousness that we are in Christ, the full authority of our position as a, a child of God that this blood represents, if we, walk, if we walk through our lives never receiving this, it's not honorable. But today we honor Today we honor by receiving. The greatest honor you can give to these elements is to receive the reason. Receive what the purpose of their being made available for us. He said in verse 23, I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Father, we come to the broken body of our Lord, our Savior, our Redeemer this morning. And we come in the name of Jesus. We come to this body receiving today with gratitude. Every restoration and fruit of wholeness that this broken body produces in our life. From our physical wholeness, our emotional well-being, our mental clarity. Father, restoration in finances, restoration in relationships. We take it and we eat of it because you've made it available and put it on the table for us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, you may receive. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for wholeness. Thank you, Father, for restoration. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. After the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup 
is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. Father, we come before the shed blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus. We approach the righteousness that this cup provides. And we receive of that righteousness that you have made us in Christ. We approach every inheritance, every part, every aspect of our inheritance. We thank you for it. By this blood, you have made us righteous to be heirs of God. We come, Father, with every covenant right that is ours in the New Testament. Every victory, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may receive. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Be glorified. Thank you, Jesus. Be glorified. Be glorified. I want you to say this with me, church. I want you just to make this declaration out of your heart today. Father, as I go into this year, I ask you to help me be sensitive to your voice. I desire to be accurate in the way I live. That I would be so aware that your spirit dwells in me. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Just worship Him. Would you stand to your feet and just lift your hands to the Lord? Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Thank you, Lord.